Hi, I'm Natalie Bouchard, and you're listening to Inside NC Labor, a podcast designed to inform and educate North Carolina citizens on the role that the Department of Labor plays in state government. Welcome to the seventh episode of Inside NC Labor. I'm Natalie Bouchard, Public Information Officer here at the Communications Division. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Dolores Questenberry. I'm the Communications Director at the North Carolina Department of Labor. And I'm Don Kinney. I'm the Assistant Bureau Chief with the North Carolina Boiler Safety Bureau. Great. Thanks so much for being here, Don. Thanks just for having to, me. Yeah, of course. Um, just to start off, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, again, I work for the Boiler Safety Bureau, so we are charged with inspecting boilers and pressure vessels all across the state of North Carolina. It's one of those things where it's almost hidden dangers in plain sight kind of thing. We do everything from a typical air compressor at a tire shop or an auto repair shop, all the way up to a power plant boiler, or sometimes even nuclear facilities. So these are things that are in your churches and your schools, and things that are usually in a back room, in a boiler room, or under a building that most people don't even think about. They always contain a lot of energy, so they can explode uh, catastrophically, and that's, of course, when people really get hurt or killed. So we do the safety inspections and all those that try to keep that from happening. That's a huge job. Yes. yes. And it's yeah. a great service that you provide yeah. the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Well, there's about 92,000 boilers and pressure vessels in the state we inspect every year. I was just about to ask, do you know the numbers on that? So all across the state, how how does an inspection typically go? Well, it all depends on the piece of equipment. Pressure vessels typically are inspected every two years, once every two years. Uh, low pressure boilers, once every two years. But the bigger or high pressure boilers get inspected actually twice a year. They, we inspect them internally and then we ex- inspect them while they're being operated so that we can test all the safety devices on those. And what kind of things do you look for when you're inspecting? Uh, I'm sure it depends on the device. It does. It depends on the equipment. Um, Your safety relief, your pressure relief device, of course, is one of the biggest things. So if the piece of equipment was to overpressurize, that device would let off that pressure. So it would keep it from exploding. So that's that's one of the big things, of course, that we look for. But y'all also work with insurance companies? Yes. So in this state, we have what are called special inspectors, and they are inspectors that work for insurance companies. So uh, there are a lot of insurance companies that write insurance policies for boilers and pressure vessels. And they have to take our state exam and they get a commission through us so that they can do the in-service inspections at the facilities that they insure. And then they send us the reports and the reports all come through our database and um, then we'll issue the certificates to those locations. So actually they do more than we do here in the state. We only do about a third of the inspections, believe it or not. But we are the jurisdiction, so we're ultimately responsible for the inspections. So anytime an insurance site, uh, let's say an insurance company drops their insurance or cancels a policy, it automatically defaults to the state. So we always have to be ready to pick up and, and do those inspections. I hear you guys, I hear this term in the industry, the R stamp. Yes. So that's a whole other side to our business is uh, we are what is called an authorized inspection agency and we provide third-party inspections to manufacturers here in the state that actually build boilers and pressure vessels and also to companies that repair and alter boilers and pressure vessels. So there's only three states that do it in in the United States and we're just one of them. It adds a whole other layer of training and experience to, to our staff. So we have about 11 active shops like that that are in North Carolina that we do business with. 
And you said some of those will do training for new staff? or Well, we provide all the training, but it's, it's a whole other level of training because it's, it's very different from our in-service side of the house. This is where you're doing actually building these things and making sure that they're being built to ASME codes and then, of course, being repaired and altered to the National Board Code. Mm-hmm. So the National Board Code basically deals with in-service and repairs and alterations. I had the uh, opportunity to go out with an inspector one day, and we met at a hospital. Yes. And we looked at the hyperbaric chambers. Yes. That I personally, I'm embarrassed to say, didn't even know that we inspected. We had a real flurry of installations of hyperbaric chambers for a while there, for several years. We were seeing these hyperbaric and wound healing centers cropping up all over the state. And of course, these little hyperbaric chambers, most of them with a clear acrylic chamber where a person will get slid in, they operate at very low pressures, but they put oxygen in there and it's purported to help healing wounds and, and many other ailments, I guess. So, But recently I've heard that some of the places have been closing because most insurance companies won't pay for that kind oh, for of that treatment. Oh, for that kind of treatment. Yeah. Oh, so, that's interesting. Right. But yeah, those things are a completely different animal altogether because they're, they're made of a plastic shell, and so there's all different kinds of codes and inspection requirements for those. And of course, you're dealing with pure oxygen, which of course, if there's ever a fire, can be very dangerous. Absolutely. What are boilers and pressure vessels typically made of? Usually steel. Steel. Some type of steel or cast iron. Mm-hmm. Some, of the, some of the newer stuff is being made with stainless steel. That's one of the challenges for us in the Boiler Safety Bureau is that the technology is just changing so quickly, like in many industries. We're seeing a lot of stuff coming over from Europe that you just haven't seen in the U.S. here. And so we're constantly seeing this come in and we're having to keep up and say, well, what is this thing and how are we going to inspect this? And we see stuff like that. So a lot of these boilers that you see now, you can actually hang on a wall. I mean, they're, they're really small and the amount of heat that they can put out is incredible. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What's the most interesting item that you all perform or conduct inspections on? Well, I would say some of the more interesting things that we actually end up doing is some of the historical boilers. I had a feeling you might say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff we do is just general run-of-the-mill boilers and pressure vessels, but the historical boilers like the old steam locomotives and the old traction engines that we do all those inspections, they're, they're really interesting really interesting. I think right now we have about 37 active in the state. Tweetsie Railroad and... I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, Denton Farm <laughs> Park, Mideast Railroad down in Carthage. Um, there are some of our bigger ones. There's a, there's a lot of uh, other smaller operations, but those are the bigger ones. It's just really interesting because it's you're, you're talking about inspecting something that, of course, is over 100 years old, first of all. Right. And I then uh, com- built under a completely different set of rules than, than, than seeing stuff built to today. Right. We have a whole special program for inspecting those. In fact, we've got one that's coming up here in, a, I think, a month or two, one, a, a full-size steam locomotive. You can imagine how big they are. So one of our inspectors is actually going to be going inside the boiler to do oh. uh, Oh my gosh! Yeah, so. it might be one we need to tag. Now. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Where's so that looking? That I believe that's the one in Denton Farm Park. Uh, is where our inspector is going to be going inside that one. So normally you can't get inside that because of all the fire tubes. So they're just roughly two inch tubes that run through this thing. And but periodically we have to do ultrasonic thickness readings. And sometimes the easiest way to do that is actually remove all of the tubes and then go to on the inside. And what we do is uh, we take thickness readings of the metal to make mm-hmm. sure it's still thick enough yeah. to hold the pressure that uh, they need to run it. 
That's neat. That's insane yeah. <laughs> to think about. It's pretty interesting. How, how did you come into this field, Don? I came up through the trades, plumbing and heating. I'm from Vermont originally, so up there it's a little different than down here. In the north, if you're in plumbing, generally you're in heating. That's They yeah. kind of come together where right. down here is sort of heating and air, right. and plumbing is separate. My grandfather was in the business, and then my dad as well. I did a, a short stint at Plumbers and Pipe Fitters Union, doing a little bit of welding and pipe fitting on some of the bigger jobs. And, Neat. And then yeah. uh, I did uh, six years in law enforcement, so I came down here to North Carolina following my family. So I ended up seeing a job for the Boiler Safety Bureau as an inspector, and I said, well, I've got the law enforcement side and the exactly. plumbing and heating and pipe fitting side, and I thought it would be a great job it's to have. That's the perfect fit. fit. Yeah, exactly. Here I am. Right. Yeah, it was just meant to be. Yes. And how long have you been with the Bureau? I've been here since 2012. After an accident or an incident, mm -hmm. is your division responsible for going out and inspecting? Yes. So anytime a boiler or pressure vessel uh, accident occurs, the owner is supposed to contact us within 24 hours, and that's right in our rules, so that we can come out and investigate. Last fiscal year, we had eight incidents that we investigated, and I think that's about average for the year. You don't usually hear a lot about them because thankfully most of them we don't see any injuries or, or fatalities. We have had them in the past unfortunately. Generally speaking it ends up being a, an air compressor that was outside that blew up and thankfully the person hadn't been standing in front of it. Boilers melting down. The two major causes we see are low water incidents where a boiler does run out of water and then they overheat and melt and of course thankfully most of the boiler operators were experienced enough to know not to put try and put water in a red hot boiler because that's when they explode oh, and gosh. it can actually level a building so the other one of course is carbon monoxide that continues to be a major problem and that's oh, yeah. that's of course a hot button item for our inspectors out there making sure that the stacks are inspected if there's any doubt that there's a leak when well, they all have detectors that they can turn on and use in there to see if there's any carbon monoxide building up so we had a couple of fatalities a few That's years so ago. That's so important when the, you're talking about the hotels, when yes. you have the indoor pool pools, the heated pools. Yes. And one of the major problems with the pool heaters is that they're usually in rooms, and of course you've got chlorine and other chemicals, so that really starts to eat away the metal on some of these flues, so I think that's why that ends up being in the news more often than not. Yeah, so. well you all really provide a great service to the state of North Carolina. I would say I think it's incredible that these boilers are capable of such great heat and energy output and power are in so many places that we go every day yeah. and no one knows about it, and I think the reason no one knows about it is because you guys do such a great job keeping up with inspections and making sure everyone is safe. So Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That is, that is uh, one, of the, one of the things we often hear out there in the field is, uh, you know, someone will say, why are you inspecting these things? When was the last time one of these blew up? And again, like I said earlier, you don't see a lot of them in the news anymore because thankfully we don't see a lot of injuries. And right. hopefully that some of the safety systems were working that kept something from happening. And the fact that the inspectors are out there looking at the stuff and making sure it works has greatly helped. I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of the ASME codes and the National Board came along was that the, you know, around 1900 when you saw it in the news was the school, I mean, entire schools and buildings leveled and mm -hmm. everyone killed from the boiler exploding. So that's how all this started. Hi. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. Remember, your safety is our priority.